1: infinite complacency, people went to and fro the earth about their little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small, thinning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design, man has inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space.
2: Welcome to another episode of Into the Fray. If you're new here, I hope you're enjoying it enough to head to your podcatcher of choice to rate and review the show. This helps it aggregate across the listening platforms, which will turn into more people willing to come on and share their encounters. If you've been listening for years, I'd ask that you please do the same. Home base for Into the Fray is intothefrayradio.com. There you will find all episodes, blog posts, and get bonus content info. Speaking of that bonus content, on top of the free weekly show, I also produce bonus content for Patreon and Apple Podcasts Premium. On either platform, you get all bonus audio episodes and early releases, each one ad-free, of course. Full disclosure, though, Patreon has a bit more in the way of perks because of their interface. Over there, you will get video versions of patron-only chats, e-private Discord channel, and merch at certain pledge levels. So head to patreon.com slash intothefray or your Apple Podcatcher app to sign up for bonus content today. You can find me on the big three social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Linktree link in each of my bios will take you to all the places you want to venture regarding ITF, including Small Town Monsters documentaries, various ways to listen to the show, Beyond the Fray books, contact info for me, and more. And lastly, and really honestly, most importantly, if you'd like to share your encounter or encounters on Into the Fray, the best way to get in touch is by emailing me, at Shannon at IntoTheFrayRadio and without further ado, let's get to the interview.
3: I was watching um, the Monster Week on Blaze TV in the UK, and it had the uh, on the trail of Bigfoot, and I saw you, and I thought, well, that looks like a a more open minded person than some of the people out there and you look a nice person, so I thought well let's see if you'd like to hear my story because I'm not a lot of I saw on that program that a lot of the investigators aren't open to the idea that it's not a physical animal that it is something else
4: well <laughs> well yeah like.
3: Dylan
2: no I, I really do appreciate you reaching out and we kind of touch base and then all of a sudden. We went from you saying, hey, I have a very interesting encounter that you might want to hear, a very close-up encounter, to now the very next day, here we are, we're recording. I was so 10 thank feet you.
3: away from it. I mean, literally, if that, 10 feet.
2: Yeah, that's that's not a position I would want to be in with a shadow person slash, slash if I could speak this morning, uh, figure. And, you know, actually, uh, Heidi Hollis over here, My side of the pond is the one that kind of coined that phrase many, many years ago. I don't know exactly when, but she is the one that came up with shadow person, I think specifically uh, because she's had her own encounters with it. Yeah. So okay. I
3: can tell tell of a lot of um, uh, shadow figure encounters. I mean, I had one that was regularly around me at the time when my father was passing from cancer and I saw the same one frequently and you it was know a woman that was dressed dressed like um you know how the puff sleeved um dress that they had in the musical wicked it was a woman dressed in that kind of clothes And when my dad was dying on his deathbed in a nursing home I fell asleep once but on a chair by his bed i woke up to see the figure bent over him holding both of his hands
2: now, Dylan, real quick question here for you right off the bat. So why do you classify that as a shadow person or shadow figure versus a ghost or classic ghost? Um,
3: it was it was uh, a black silhouette, but moving. So I would say that was a shadow. It's like a shadow, but a shadow that isn't cast by any actual physical person. Right. Although she did put her hands on me, on my shoulders at one point from behind.
2: Trying to comfort you?
3: Um, She seemed to take a lot of interest in me. Um, She appeared before my dad became ill. I saw her at the corner of my eye, looking over my shoulder at some of my artwork in a, a photography store where they had a printer. And I'd gone to get something printed to send away to someone. And I saw this woman look over my shoulder. And when I actually turned to look, she was gone.
2: So this particular shadow figure, you only saw her around the time that your dad was very ill, and I'm it's, sorry yeah, about that. it started then...
3: before them, and um, then she was around for a while while my dad was ill, and then for a while after he passed. But the, the Sasquatch one was a lot longer ago. I'm 51 now, and the Sasquatch one, the second one, the, the main encounter, the one that I spoke of, was when I was around seventeen. But I did see something similar before when I was a younger kid.
2: I feel like if you're going to share as you say, that longer encounter, the one that you, you kind of mentioned on Instagram to me, the 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 main reason that you're here, if you saw something similar, would you mind also probably sharing that I one too? I to tell
3: you about that, but it was it was a different sort of shaped figure. The first time I saw it as a small child, I actually thought that I'd seen a werewolf because I hadn't, didn't know about Bigfoot. I'd seen the Patterson photograph, but not the video. But I used to watch the horror movies, um, Lon Chaney, um, used to love them. And I thought I'd encountered a werewolf. And I, I told in class what I'd seen and I got laughed at. And it was absolutely humiliating and hurtful because I'd seen something real, it was a different shape. And my mother at the time said she had seen it and it was harmless. But the one I spoke of, definitely not harmless. I mean, it gave such a feeling of malice. It was just unreal.
2: So let's focus on that one when you were a small child, just for just for a moment here. Did you see it outdoors or, or indoors?
3: Yeah, I had gone out to play. What it was is, before I was born, My father became very ill and didn't get medical help. Um, He was told he was a hypochondriac and a liar. And it gave him a nervous breakdown. And he went from a guy that would sail around the world. He owned his own wooden sailing ship. It still exists, and it's the last one of its classification. But what that classification is, I don't know. It was called the Osprey, but it has been featured on TV by its current owner. And uh, he lost all of his money. His business partner embezzled and left my dad in debt. And my dad became agoraphobic, couldn't go out, lost all his money. And we ended up living in what you call a, a trailer park, which was attached to a farm. I'd gone out to play, had just gone out by garden gate. My dad used to have an old, um, beat up van what I think you would call it a panel run over there, that we used as a spare shed. Next to that, I saw this figure. It was a shadow, and it was more human than the second one. But it had, um, it walked with a low, loping, bent-legged gait, swinging its arms like the Patterson video, although I'd never seen that at the time. I had seen a photograph, and that was it, in in a book at school a book about monsters. It had, from its arms, it had, like, you could see, like, straggly long hair, about three inches long. I ran inside thinking it was a werewolf that I'd seen. And my mother later said it was a shadow figure and that she had seen it and it was harmless. Uh, but as a kid, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was the wolf man from the horror movies and it scared the absolute, Crap out of me, shall we say? But I mentioned it at school. I got laughed at. Really, really laughed at. It was hurtful because I'd seen something real, but no one believed me. And the later one, in a corner of the trailer park, there was a small woods and it was fenced off from the trailer park side, but you could climb the fence or you could get into it from jumping a ravine that you'd go across from the trailer park where it wasn't fenced over a a plank bridge onto fields that were used by the farm for cows and sheep, whatever they put in there. And those fields would go off for miles. I mean, my Uncle Bert used to go over there foraging for mushrooms, wild mushrooms. And you could jump the ravine into the woods. Now, I never liked those woods. Never liked them. They were dark, and they'd give off a very, very eerie feeling. And I would never go in on my own as a small child. But when I was with other kids, I would go in, but I'd never feel right. The moment you went into those woods, I'm not talking about a forest. I'm just talking about small tops, just a few trees and the ravine. But you felt like you'd gone into a completely other world. It was eerie. Eerie. You felt unwelcome, or at least I did, and you felt you were being watched. You just felt menace, menace, and I hated them. I literally hated them as a small child. Even when I was in there, there was a weird encounter once when I was in there with a gang of kids, and one of us had what you call a laughing bag, which I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's it's like a bag and you press it and it laughs like the joker with some kind of mechanism in it and he had that hung in a branch in a tree and as we were playing that was thrown by something into the ravine and it was ruined and i got the blame for it the the kid that it belonged to was a kid that would do things to his own belongings and then blame other kids so that they would get punished he was a bit of a hat, shall we say. Anyway, I hated those woods. But at the time of 17, my mother had come into some money and was able to buy a house. So we were able to move out of the trailer park into a house. I decided to make peace with those woods. And I would go in there and confront it. You know, see, prove to myself that there was nothing ever to be really scared of because I was 17 and I thought well why am I still not liking those woods be a man time to grow up so I went in climbed over the fence and the moment I was in there again very very eerie feeling like you're not welcome and you know how you get that feeling that someone is watching you but you can't see them then they appear like it's like a feeling like you're, you're being looked at through sniper sights. if you're a soldier, you know? And then the shot happens, or you will actually see something will give the sniper away, the glint of reflection or something, and you'll see them, and you'll duck. I felt myself being watched, and I thought, well, it, it's, there shouldn't be anybody here, because the trailer park used to close for the se- season. It was only us that lived there, and some other guy that got permission then the only people would be there would be farm workers. Well, someone's watching me. And I slowly turned my head. Next to one of the trees was a figure. Now, it wasn't a substantial figure, but I had the certainty in my head that it could become one, that it could make itself from intangible to tangible. If that makes sense, that it could manifest. Couldn't make out any features like eyes or anything like that, but I could make out the shape. And it stood about seven feet tall and it had the conical sort of head, like you see in some of the images or drawings, with sort of no neck, like the trapezius muscles go straight up into the side of the head absolutely immense, colossal shoulders. I mean, really broad across, broader than a man wearing American football armour. I mean, I'm a bodybuilder. I used to want to be world's strongest man. I used to lift weights and was really, really strong. And my shoulders, even at the height of my bodybuilding, I stopped because of illness. Were nothing, nothing to the width for this thing. I mean, it was like another foot on either side of the width of my shoulders, and you could make out the arms and the arms were huge. the biceps were huge, and huge, powerful forearms, huge fat, powerful hands, broad chest, tapering to a very, very narrow waist. And I would say, if I could see the back of it, a small athletic tight backside and then legs that weren't as large in proportion to the arms like you know how some people draw cartoon superheroes with massive arms and smaller legs like that going down to its feet and it was just stood there motionless staring at me with me staring at it i got this feeling you're not welcome get out get out now or you're dead If you don't leave, I will manifest and rip you apart. I scrambled over the the fence. I didn't jump the ditch, which would have been the fastest way out. I went the straightest way, which was go over the fence and run back to the, we had by then a double unit chalet. It had been made into a permanent chalet. I'm not a good runner. I have a respiratory issue prevented me from joining the armed forces but i didn't know what it was at that time but i got over that fence chopped my leg open on a jagged nail that was sticking out and ripped through my jeans into my leg funnily enough there's no scar although it was quite a cut, and there was blood i got home ran inside didn't look back I really didn't want to look back in case it was following. I, I literally thought maybe it's following. Slammed the door, and I was white and I was literally shaking like a leaf. My parents asked me what was wrong. And my dad is a denier of the supernatural, or was. He's passed away. He died in 2016 of cancer. But my mother was a believer. My brother was there, my oldest brother, and, and me and him are estranged, it was long with my other brother we don't get on that's why i changed my surname my dad didn't believe me and dismissed the story my mother and my brother could see that something was seriously wrong because i was that shaken plus there was the blood on my leg and the rip in my in my jeans they believed me didn't speak because my dad didn't want to discuss it he didn't want to know he wanted me to shut up I've never been back. I've never been back. Now, funnily, I, on Facebook now as an adult, I've made a, a friend who is a paranormal investigator in the UK. She told me that by pure coincidence, she has actually been to where I grew up and been in those woods and she doesn't like me. Her name is Kaz Rooney. She was, um, she used to have a, a Facebook group called the entity seeker uk and she has said those woods were bad my mother later told me that those woods were one of the meeting places of a local coven and that coven wasn't what i would call the nice witches that i know now with tarot readings and stuff they were more like the hammer house of horror dennis weekly you know, let's summon the devil. The devil is our pal kind of thing. There you go. That was the, the Bigfoot encounter.
2: Yeah, it's probably never good when you have, if you have the the witches that are doing the darker stuff in a certain area, right? And then anybody else trying to go in there having just a walk or a well, look the woods
3: seat. were The woods were literally bound. Those woods were out of bounds. You'd get told, get out if you were in there. But as kids, you know, most of the kids, we were tearaways. We couldn't resist. Although I didn't like them. and literally got that bad feeling. You know?
2: So uh, a classic shadow figure, and I won't say person. Let's just say shadow figure, right? Because then that can be any, like, sh- any shape or you form. You know how,
3: how someone would draw a sketch for one of your um, type monster quest site witness pr- shows? On, you know, television or on social media, you know how someone would draw a sketch and they'd fill it in, they'd draw the outline and they'd fill it in and it'd just be black. It was like that, but you could clearly see the outline. I was that close up to it that I could see detail of it. It seemed to say in my head that it could become a solid figure if it chose to. And if I didn't get out immediately, it would and I would die. I honestly literally believed that I was going to die. Even as I climbed the fence, I thought, I'm going to feel its hands on me. It's going to pull me back. I'm dead. Because the size of it, the the, the power, even the, the, the sense of power that you got from just the shape of it, the width of the shoulders, the size of the arms, the size of the hands, the width of the chest, a human being wouldn't stand a chance. It would literally be able to tear off your limbs, break you in two. I mean, this thing was bigger than a gorilla.
2: So since you are so close, and I know exactly what you're talking about, because, well, your description isn't exactly like mine, because mine was, they were just completely black, black, black cutouts. And I couldn't see any detail. I could just see them moving. However, with you being that close, you mentioned the, the cut of the bicep. So you were close enough to, even though this was a... Essentially a shadow, a black shadow. You were close enough that you could see definition of forearms and where the biceps the started and ended. I
3: could see the hands, I could see the shoulder. I mean the shoulders were like I say, it was its build was like Arnold Schwarzenegger at the top of his game when he was Mr. Olympia. It was literally like a bodybuilder body, but with massive hands, I mean really big hands, thick fingers, thick thumbs. And like I say, there was no neck to it. Like the um, trapezius muscles went all the way up into the sides of its head. But The classic, slightly conical head.
2: Right, but it skipped leg day, you said. Sorry? You said it skipped leg day, essentially, though, right? The legs were not as impressive. Yeah,
3: the impressive. legs, legs seemed seem less developed. Although they looked powerful, they looked less developed than the arms. Like the arms were its main instruments, shall we say.
2: Now, you mentioned during the one that you called a werewolf, you kind of got the impression that it had hair on it. What about this one? Did it have yes, hair or uh, fur? The, uh,
3: um couldn't see much hair. I could just see this, this shape. It was almost like um, you would imagine if the hair could be very close to the body. So you couldn't actually make out any shagginess to the mm-hmm. edges of it or um, shaved even. You know, there was no detail of its features. It was just black, like a silhouette, like a cut of a, a black piece of paper. But you could tell that it wasn't. It was like a, a shadow.
2: So when you were that small child and you're seeing that other scary thing in it and you called it a werewolf and you unfortunately you know we've all done it we've shared we've shared what's happened to us and we've gotten laughed at shame on them not on you you did the right thing so you were aware of this term werewolf at that time
3: yeah i was uh, a big fan of horror films uh i used to watch the old um, black and white ones i mean i literally loved them Ben Lon Chaney, Boris Karnoff, all of that stuff. I mean, they didn't scare me at all. I I, I didn't like the um, creature from the Black Lagoon. That was the only one I didn't like, but now I do. And I've drawn him. I love the girl man now. even got an Amigo figure.
2: You didn't like him because he frightened you?
3: Um, Yeah, he was the only one that did. But the, the wolf man, Lon Chaney, I wasn't scared of it. Dracula, I literally loved by pure coincidence, I have a friend who is descended from um, Radu Dracula, the Impaler's brother. Wow. And I'm an honorary, I'm an honorary member of the Tepez family. No paperwork, but my friend is descended from Radu Dracula. That's cool. Which is, yeah, really cool.
2: That's cool beans <laughs> as, as we would say, what, right? i even
3: put it on my Facebook, yeah. yeah <laughs> put on my Facebook. But, um, I love the monsters. I mean, I, I love, the hammer ones, um, Christopher Lee. I mean, I, I actually know Kyle Monroe, I and mean, she signed some of my artworks. So I've met her on numerous occasions at, at uh, Comic Cons.
2: So were you aware of the creature known as Bigfoot at the time of this? No, I
3: had I, I couldn't read, I had learning difficulties, I had brain damage as a child. I got attacked by an animal, asphyxiated, throttled. Uh, left for dead and was clinically dead for quite a while, and then came back.
2: I'm sorry, it, uh, the, the streamyard stream yard stepped on you. You got attacked by what?
3: An adult. Uh, won't go into it because yeah, of legal no. issues. Oh gosh. But let's so say sad. it was covered up, and she got away with it. Oh. It caused me to have seizures through my late teens and twenties into my to the age of around forty. But that put paid, that put paid to me being a bodybuilder because it became dangerous to lift the weights, you know?
2: Right. Jeez.
3: And one so... time I, would have a, I, I used to have an uh, an average of eight seasons a day at one time. That is worse.
2: Oh, my God.
3: But, yeah, I couldn't read or write till around the age of 10. But I'd see pictures, and I had seen a picture of the Patterson tape. But no, I have not seen the actual video uh, to know what Bigfoot was.
2: Do you think there's any chance that this was something in the woods that could essentially mimic or shapeshift or turn into whatever it it, wanted?
3: It's possible that it's possible that it took an image that it thought that I'd be afraid of. It took an image to make me scared. I mean, the one on the field, my mom said it was harmless, but the one in the woods was not. It just projected pure, get out or you're dead.
2: Well, and it's unfortunate as well that I know that it doesn't seem like that was a huge area of woods, but it was unfortunate that you ended up being that close to it. That sounded like a terrifying situation.
3: I literally believed, even as I booked it, shall we say, and got scrambled over that fence that it was going to pull me back and I would be literally torn limb from limb, strong as I became. I mean, I'd already started lifting weights then strong as I became, I don't believe that a human being could stand against an ape if it became an ape, you know?
2: I do wonder if even take the same moment, take that very same moment and you had a friend with you and assume that it wanted, you know, it, quote unquote, it, whatever it is, it wanted to show itself. I wonder if when you're looking at it and then your friend is looking at it, if you would have seen the exact same thing or if on a... The only
3: time, as I say, that I knew of it to reveal itself in any way was when it threw that laughing bag or giggle bag, as you call them. I don't know if they made it to America, but they were a crazed toy here in the the 1970s. It was like a a cloth bag and some mechanism inside it and it would make a sound like, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) <laughs> mechanical when you when you shook it. And it threw that from where it was hanging into the ditch and it was ruined. And, of course, the kid who owned it blamed me.
2: Right. Well, I just... Because yeah. he,
3: he was an asshat. I mean, I, I actually know at one time <laughs> that he smeared his own coat with, with dog muck uh. and then told my parents that I did it. I chased that is that is the
2: exact definition of an asshat. Wonderful term, also by the way.
3: White well, cool beans. I got that from watching the cartoon version of Jumanji. That was a like, Yeah, yeah. When they had the original <laughs> movie.
2: Yeah. No, I just I do wonder because I think some of these things. Some are more powerful than others and they can change shape and they can decide, oh, here's what I think you are going to piss yourself over. And here's what I think this person would do the same over. I just wonder if there was a, you know, someone different the next day went in and they saw Pennywise the clown instead of what you think of as a Bigfoot, you know?
3: Now you say that, you know how Pennywise would show himself as the thing that the kids most fear? Mm Mm-hmm. It could have been like that, but I had no reason really to fear Bigfoot because um, I wasn't that – I had seen the film Boggy Creek before the the encounter when I was a teenager. Why would I expect to see one in the small woods in the UK? You know, I I thought they were only um, Himalayas for the Yeti, the Russian Almas, which I later learned of. And of course, the American classic, all the ones you've got over there. Open to the idea that both definitions exist. I think there's a tangible animal out there because there's so much, so many sightings and so many people have got evidence of the footprints. Um, who knows what's really out there? I mean, I, I'm open to the idea that it's um, Gigantopithecus, which I've seen watching documentaries. Uh, there could even be. Um, Neanderthal man out there still. In the UK, there's a legendary thing of a wild man that does live in in woodland, and it's called a woodrose. I think it's pronounced. And it's like a it's supposedly a human but hairy that's gone back to nature and lives in the woods It's a wild man, which is um a coincidence to a thing I saw, you know? Did Maybe the... at one time centuries ago those woods were bigger and had been cleared for farming, they could have gone further, you know.
2: Did the legend of Boggy Creek frighten you?
3: Um yeah because it said it was true. But by then, you know, it's gone. Once you've, once the movie has gone out of your head, you don't remember it, you know, who cares? But at the time, yeah, that was a big thing that all the kids were talking about in school next day. You know, did you see it? Did you see it? As I've grown up, I've become very interested in cryptids. I have seen the UK Big Cat's been up close and personal to one of those, and that wasn't a um, a shadow
2: oh you mean the big cats that, that gen- do not exist in the u k right that 's what they tell you guys
3: yeah uh, yeah i'd been as close to that as I was to the um shadow bigfoot
2: oh that was and probably a little frightening from, I or was, was with it my parents was it running away? yeah
3: there's a, uh no it was it was looking at me um, I, the story was that when my dad was able to um go out again Uh, he wasn't rich but he had an old car that he bought and we took it out in the countryside in Exmoor where the beast the the panther first shown up uh, there's a woodland by the side of the road called Deer's Leap steep wood very very pretty and anyway my dad was stuck there and I said I need to go for a pee of course I'm going to go outside of the road because you don't want anybody to see you having a pee and you know be upset especially a woman anyway i went up uh into the woods away from the road and i'm having a pee and again you know you get that feeling you're being watched and i turn not far away from me was um, undergrowth like a bush there was like a hole in it. it was made in like a little tunnel into the bush and i could make out the head of a very large cat very large uh, in the shadows I strangely enough I finished the pee totally zipped myself away and did the wrong thing you know you're not supposed to run from big cat but I figured that uh, momentum and the steepness of the hill I'd be able to get away from it which probably I wouldn't if it had pursued me and I ran down the hill and my parents were still at the car and I'm saying get in the car get in the in car, get in the car at the top of my voice as I ran. And my dad was um, offended, don't you speak like that to us. And I just said, get in the car now. And my mother saw something behind me on the hill. She said, get in the car. They both jumped in the car. My mother opened the back door and I dived into the back door. And somehow, I don't know if it was me who shut it or she shut it by reaching over and pulling it and shutting it. But um, my mother said that it did not pursue me. It just stood between the, the trees in the direction that I had gone to go up for the pea and then come back looking at me as if to say, um, you an idiot. <laughs> you know, it was more amused by me than anything else.
2: Yeah, you hear a lot of those stories. There's a lot of sightings of those big cats and they just. They refused to acknowledge sense.
3: it. I mean, I mean, I tried getting evidence once. Um, an elderly lady that used to live next door to me phoned me in the middle of the night and said there was a lion in our garden, by our garden pond. And I said, um, for God's sake, Joy, you potty, go back to bed, you're dreaming. And I thought it was going to be a domestic cat. The next day when I went out to feed our fish in the mud, by the pond was a massive, massive feline footprint bigger than my hand. Uh, we didn't have anything, I didn't have a camera. I've never been good at taking photographs and couldn't really afford a camera. So I thought, Plaster of Paris, get a cast. Of course, we didn't have any. You know, sod's law, as we call it over here, or you call it Murphy's. I thought, well, run down to the hardware store, get some plaster, Paris, come back, get a cast. It was peeing down. By the time I got back, it had washed out. There was nothing there. According to this elderly lady, I'm glad I didn't go outside, she said there was a male, African male lion in our garden and two females.
2: Yeah, I bet everybody was watching the small animals at that point. Extra close.
3: Yeah. This, this, this The footprint was, was bigger than my hand.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a big no thanks. Getting close to the big kitty cats, especially I mean, it, the way it, they stalk. It, it,
3: it, you might you might think that I'm I'm making all this up. We've seen you know multiple things throughout my life. Yeah.
2: No, I, I I don't. Um, Most of my episodes are actually uh, exactly like this. To be honest with you,
3: I'm trying to be a, a public figure. I'm an artist. I mean, you saw my um, old drawing of Sasquatch. Uh, I'm a writer, even though you know gl- had learning difficulties. I'm dyslexic. But I've written five novels that are out, self-published so, on Amazon. Uh, I've got four books of art, a book of crude memes with a, a character I created. I'm writing a novel now, and I'm still working on more art and planning more books of art. I'm going to be doing a, a gothic artwork book when I've got enough drawings with witches and vampires and demonesses and maybe a few fairies and stuff like that. So, if I'm lying, I would discredit myself as a public figure. You know? I'm inviting ridicule.
2: No, you've come to the right place. Most of my episodes sound very, very similar to this.
3: I've never seen you before. I do like to watch Monster Week, Monster Quest. I mean, I'm very interested in cryptids. I mean, I've got a few megalodon teeth that I bought from eBay. Uh, I'm fascinated by the idea that that still exists. Yeah. I just saw you, and the moment I saw you, I thought, she looks a really nice person. She looks like someone you can can talk to. And I thought, well, let's reach out.
2: Well, I'm glad that you did, Dylan. I really, really am. Hey, I have a question for you. You mentioned amongst talking about the quote-unquote werewolf uh, shadow figure. You mentioned, oh, that you've just quickly said, oh, well, the, it wasn't like the shape of the first one, which wasn't humanish at all. What was the shape of the yeah, first the one? The
3: second one that was the more Bigfoot like the, the one, the first one I saw as a little child. Its shape was humanoid, except for the um, long, it appeared to be straggly tendrils of, of hair on its forearms mostly as it swung. Oh, okay, its arms. Um,
2: I apologize. It was I've... the
3: way it moved. It right. was the way it moved. I mean, it. it uh, I'd never seen a human running with that kind of stride and that low and swinging its arms like that and the, the really bent legs. I mean, it's like its legs didn't ever straighten. It's like its legs stayed bent all the time,
2: you know? Well, no wonder you called it a werewolf. No, I apologize. I thought you meant there was one before the the werewolf No, that uh, was situation.
3: the first one. Okay. That was the okay. first one. So... My mother had seen that one and said it was harmless. I mean, mm. there was another time when I did see it. Um, between then, the, the harmless one, it walked past the window. And I just saw a glimpse of it when I was sat at home with my mother's cat, you know, waiting for my parents to come home. They'd been out. And uh, by then I thought, well, it's not harmless. It's outside. My mother said it's harmless. Don't worry about it. But the place where I lived, there were a few places that gave off menace, really gave off menace. There was a, a store of public trash cans. For the use of the people with the trailers, which it, as a teenager I would avoid going past. I, If I had to go past it, I'd run past it. The village where I grew up was very, very old. I mean, there's a headland there that's got um, Roman remains, um, Bronze Age remains, Iron Age, um, Stone Age. It goes back that far. And I know there was a, a battle fought between um, the Saxons and um, the Vikings. There's a Viking ship sunk off the beach, but they can't get to it. They were going to build a cofferdam, but the, the, the they never went through with it, but they know it's there. There was a, a Viking massacre not far from where the, the Saxons wiped out the, a, a bunch of Danes.
2: I do wonder why... The well, I guess this is a two-part question. Why did the witches choose those woods, and how long ago were the witches supposed to have been doing what they were doing in that area? Was that kind of a, you know, a, a, an old wives' my, tale that had been told for a long time?
3: We went, we went there in 1972, is when I was born, and we went there straight after I was born. That's when my dad contracted the illness lost his money and like i say his business partner embezzled and um, disappeared leaving my dad in debt and the two stores that my had, my dad had he sold televisions and radios rents and, and my dad's ship had to be sold to pay off the debt my dad's um he had at one time three e-type jaguars and they went so yeah we went my dad went from rich to penniless Uh, in debt but the coven had been there from before my time my mother knew who they were they invited her to join and she said no wasn't interested but she knew who they were and where they met and i did know that the coven had a dislike of me as a kid Had told my mother um don't ever bring him to our house when my mother visited them my mother was a paris council
2: wow why 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 is that
3: and uh, they didn't like me, literally didn't like me, but at least they, were, they lived opposite. They had said to my mother, don't ever bring him. We don't like him, don't ever bring him.
2: I wonder if that's because they could sense that you could sense things, that you could see things.
3: I mean, I mentioned about a tree that used to be in their garden. Um, it was a very large, very beautiful looking tree, but I always thought it was sinister. When the wind would make the um, branches move and the leaves rustle. Instead of sounding beautiful like you'd expect when you're in a forest, I had a sinister feeling. And I mentioned that to my mother. And my mother said, um, that tree is is their power um, totem. It's where they draw their power from. And that tree was condemned. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. it. It seemed to be healthy, but it was cut down. Within a week of that tree going, both of those old women, they were elderly spinster sisters, died having been healthy within a week of that tree being cut down
2: mm. oh wow
3: yeah and the days apart they were both gone and until then they were healthy
2: that actually is they super lived creepy directly
3: opposite they live directly opposite uh my home
2: oh oh geez <laughs> that's unfortunate yeah
3: yeah, How nice for I mean, you. No, that's, that's a nice way to go. No, but... I'm not scared. I mean, I, 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 I'm a rich myself. Uh, I do, I, I'm do. not a practicing one. I'm not knowledgeable. But I do give free general tarot readings on Facebook, which are shared out through loads of groups. My cousin is very, very knowledgeable. And she runs groups and she sells crystals. And her stuff's quality. I mean, she's got stuff from sources that no longer exist. They came from uh, mines that were shut in the fifties. So you can't get the ones she's got unless you get them from her.
2: Did those woods still uh, exist?
3: Yes, as I say, my friend um Kaz has mentioned I've never been back. I have been to the village, but I've never gone on the um the farm and the trailer park where it was because um I don't know the people there now. I mean, it's been thirty years since we moved away, more than thirty years. Some of them wouldn't know me that are there now. And if I went there, it might be, Who are you? What are you doing here? And of course I wouldn't want to visit those woods in the height of the season when it's open for people to see me go in there and think, Well, what the hell is you doing, you know?
2: You know, Dylan, at least it wasn't a situation where it followed you home. You know, maybe it was bound to I those woods.
3: I didn't look back. I didn't look back, and I didn't feel safe until the door was slammed. But it could easily have got in because, you know, it's it was a mostly wooden chalet, uh bricked up to the bottom of the wood, and we had large windows, so there was no way we could have kept it out.
2: Or it just changes into a wisp of smoke and goes in through a keyhole or something, you know, and then once it's inside, it can turn into something else. I mean, who knows what these things can do?
3: If it was tangible, it could have smashed that place apart. Oh,
2: absolutely. From the sounds of it, yeah.
3: It's literally huge. Its it's body was literally like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was Mr. Olympian, but not human because of the shape of the head and the size of the hands, you know. The fact that it had basically no neck, just trapezius muscles.
2: Yeah, I would hazard to say that it it took a page out of the fact that you were frightened by the legend of Boggy Creek, which is what it was was supposed to do.
3: That film, and I've forgotten that film. You know, i had no reason to think you're Bigfoot because I wasn't into Bigfoot at that era. Now I am because I'm fascinated. You know, I've seen something. And I'm fascinated by all cryptozoology. I mean, I had a Scottish friend who claimed that he saw the Ness monster, but whether or not that was true is anyone's guess. But I have a friend in America who says she's seen the Chupacabra. You know, I'm very, very interested in uh, the supernatural and cryptozoology. I think there's scope for both aspects of Bigfoot and Sasquatch to exist. A physical animal, and the shadow animal. I don't think it's alien like people claim. You know, it comes down in the spaceship. That's Doctor Who, isn't it? Really, or Star Trek? I mean, how is a giant ape, unless it's much more intelligent than us, going to pilot a flying saucer? As it's more advanced than us. I mean, then you're talking Planet of the Apes. But I don't think it is. <laughs> you know, but it could be. I mean, I'm I'm open-minded. Every, I I would say everybody's word, unless I can see, get a feel from them that they're making up a story and they're lying, I will take anybody's word for it on face value because people have experiences and I've had my own. Well,
2: and and as you kind of hinted, you know, as far as I seem like someone that would be open-minded, I think that that's something that, especially in the Bigfoot community, that needs to that needs to happen more and, and we don't need to say yeah, I mean, we're, we're saying bigfoot
3: with the drawings.
2: Well, Dylan, since you do, you know, you said you're, you're writing books and, uh, you're, you're, you've got art and all these other things. Did you want to promote yourself a little bit like websites or social media outlets that people can contact you? I'm no or?
3: computer savvy and I have no real money. I paid for a, a promotion and it was, um, If you pay us so much, you will get 5,000 followers within a week. And I got nothing from it. Uh, I'm basically poor. I'm on what you call welfare. And at the moment, I have less coming in from that than goes out. So I struggle. Uh, But I use the hashtags. I've got the Instagram that you've seen. If you follow me, you'll see my artwork and my books. Excuse the doll. Yes, she is one of those, but she was bought as a posable model. Maya, she's well, actually considered well, considered to be my familiar spirit. She's in my front room, fully clothed, and scares the crap out of visitors.
2: Keep the visitors away. Well, make sure to give out. You know what is your Instagram account? If you want to give out your Facebook uh, and where to find the your book. It's all
3: for seventy two. Sorry, uh, I was I was talking
2: face- uh, when you said it. Say it one more time, so I'm not talking over you.
3: The for 72, that's all for seventy two. That's all. Together and my Facebook is DA with the D and the A together. Debat. Uh, there are other profiles that were mine that got hacked and I couldn't get back. Also, recently, um, two scammers used my profile picture and name to try and scam people, pretending to be me, offering their um, re- readings, you know. Uh, um, send me a friend request and I'll send you my um, card reading or whatever.
2: Well, yeah, I'll make sure to link your, especially your Instagram and Facebook in the show notes at into the fray Dylan, what about your books on Amazon? Are uh, those, are those under Dylan? DeBat? Yeah,
3: they're, on Amazon. they're under the name Dylan DeBat. And also the ones I wrote under the name Dylan Seymour, I haven't changed, but there's uh There's five novels. My first one was my own version of the Wizard of Oz story. There's one based on the myth of Medusa. Um, There's one which vampires in a sort of medieval society. There's a horror one and um, a later one, a fantasy. And I'm writing the sequel to my Oz story. And then there's books of my art. Um, I did a, a series of artworks based on the Female characters from an online game called Kiss of War, which is a war game, and all the characters are female, very pin-up-y. I'm very inspired by pinup art I mean I'm a huge fan of Alberto Vargas and I've actually had a, an email, a like on my Facebook from his family, where I would make I, I'd use his images and change them about and multiply the images or reverse them as my tribute to Vargas.
2: Well, have you thought about why these things are so attracted to you?
3: God knows. I mean, I I know I am considered a psychic, but I don't really think it. But I do do tarot cards. My mother, there was witchcraft in our family on one side. There was an elderly relative who wanted to teach me. But my um, grandmother, who was the matriarch, told her to disappear and never contact me again. And I saw her once after that which was to say goodbye. I don't even know what her name was, but I can still see her in my head.
2: And that's because... I
3: saw her as a little child.
2: And that's because she was going to teach you dark things? She didn't... Um, probably, oh, yes. That? Yeah, okay. My
3: my grandmother was very anti-witchcraft in any way, shape, or form. Problem was, on one side of my family, was uh, Orthodox Jews, and the other side was the witches. And of course, that's a conflict, isn't it?
2: Yeah, the that that doesn't mix well. yeah.
3: Uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, we had family that I don't know of, and I don't know the surname, and I can't ask now because I'm estranged from my living genetic family, that Holocaust victims, or believed to be. They were in France before the war, and after the war, there was never any contact, and they were never found, not one of them. And you would have thought at least somebody would have got in touch. But yeah, I seem to be a magnet. I seem to be a magnet, magnet for um, spirits. I mean, this, this this apartment, I see cats out of the corner of my eyes. I mean, the other week I mentioned to my friend that I call my sister, I've known her for nearly 30 years, and we're close, that my cat was asleep on my bed. And by the kitchen, some distance from my bedroom, I heard a cat meow. And I thought, that's Ollie, well, that's my cat. And I turned, thinking he wants feeding or whatever, even though he's been fed. But no, no cat. And Ollie was asleep on my bed, but there was a distinct meow.
2: Dylan, what age was your brain injury?
3: Um, I would say about six. And I don't want to go into. No,
2: no, trials no, no. Trials. I, 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 wasn't. I have a, I have a point to my. It, my, my i question.
3: Would tell you, privately. Privately, I would tell you.
2: No, no, it's it's fine. I, I, w- I have a point to the question. That's why I was asking. So the the werewolf. What age was that? You said small child, but do you remember around what age that was?
3: After that, I, would have, I was probably about nine when I saw okay. it. So, The injury was when I was um, about six, and I was dead for quite a while. I was asphyxiated and dead.
2: Well, I was just wondering and asking that because I'm wondering if that brain injury kind of turns you into a conduit of some sorts, you know, unbeknownst to you and to no fault are of dead. your own.
3: You are they do say that, don't they? If you've been close to death, yeah, you're close to the other side, and right. also the family history of witchcraft. Uh, yeah, that doesn't help in a village that was rife with witchcraft, yeah. it was literally rife. Yeah. Literally, literally, rife.
2: I would, uh, I would hazard to say that probably all of those things put together has kind of put you in the positions that you've been in, right? So, yeah, I mean,
3: witchcraft seems to be the local, um, um pastime like you know like you had the women's institute i think they also had the coven sort of thing you know what i mean
2: yeah i mean that's uh, when you talk Same about thing. witchcraft it can get it can be light sure. and airy and the white stuff and then it can get really dark really really quickly yeah, I mean,
3: so. I like them both sides I and mean, my cousin says i'm very dark and um, i I tend to be peaceful you don't bother me i won't bother you and uh, i like to give out readings i like to be helpful i like to be nice well, I've got that potential to be very dark. Although I don't actually practice, I don't do spells, I don't do the call quarter quarters and God knows what. I just tend to muddle along and I know things, you know? Instinctively know things, but mostly I do the tarot readings and rune stones and oracle readings.
2: Well, everybody go check him out. It's Dylan DeBat on Instagram and Facebook and yeah, Amazon. That's all for 72. Yeah, I will make sure to link Sorry. all of that. No, that's okay. I'll make sure to link all that at IntoTheFrayRadio.com in the show notes and in the descriptions. Dylan, thank you so much. I appreciate you being willing to share.
1: Well, I'm so-and-so. I was given this name by my parents. I've been to such and such a college. I've done these things in my profession. I produce a little biopsy. The Buddha says forget it. That's not true. That's some of the story. That's all gone. That's all past. I want to see the real you. You are now. Well, nobody knows who that is it? because we don't uh, know ourselves except through listening to our echoes and consulting our memories. But then there's a real you, and that again leads us back to this question: uh, Who are you? how they play with this exam by the co to get you to come out of your shell and find out Then Master Togi when put did this way, he said, the spring does not become the summer. First there is summer, and then there is spring. He says, uh, when you settle down in the train to you read your newspaper and uh, so on, you are not the same person who uh, a little while ago left the platform. If you think you are, you are linking your moments up in the chain. And this is what binds you to the wheel of birth and death. But when you know that every moment in which you are is the only moment, This comes into Zen, the master will say to somebody, get up and walk across the room. And he comes back and says, where are your footprints? They've gone. So where are you? Who are you? When we are asked who we are, we usually give a kind of recitation of a history, 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 history.
4: What if you could have a career?